Welcome to Ways to Love Your Money. I'm Elizabeth Dawson, and this week our show is going to be amazing. We have a wonderful interview with Betty Molenbrock from Reading Legacies, as well as we're going to talk a little bit about our website that has launched, which is waystolovyourmoney.com. We can't wait to share with you all about this, and we're looking forward for you to stay tuned for the show. Welcome back to Ways to Love Your Money. I'm Elizabeth Dawson, and what we want to show you today here in Vanna White, this is our Ways to Love Your Money website. So go to www.ways with an S to loveyourmoney.com. We'd love for you to see all the episodes we have here. Our fireside chat is there as well. Our mini videos that we produce each and every week. So. This should be a great place for you to find more educational information that we talk about. And it's all listed by the topic that you want to see. So you can search a little bit there. You can do what you want. You can look through all the different things that we have there. So there's, I don't know, a couple hundred different videos, maybe even more than that at this point. But there's truly just about four seasons there as well. And now, stay tuned. We are going into a wonderful interview that I've had the opportunity to do with Miss Betty Molenbrock. She is the founder of Reading Legacies. I can't wait for you to hear her story and her passion and really what the purpose of her you know, nonprofit organization that she's built and actually has been able to create a huge impact in the San Diego area. So stay tuned. We'll be right back for this you know, wonderful interview that we've had with Betty. And uh, let us know if you have any questions. We'll add those at the end of the show. Hi, we're here with Betty Molenbrock, and she's the founder of Reading Legacies here in San Diego. We're so happy that you're here, Betty. You know, it's a wonderful thing. I know you're you're visiting with us right now from your home in Liberty Station. So um, I'd love to talk to you a little bit about what Reading Legacies is all about. Hi there. Thank you for having me. I look forward to sharing. Good. Well, I know you have a passion for what you do. Can you let our audience know exactly a little bit about um, what your passion led you to doing for, for reading legacies and why you were so intrigued and, and so committed to this? Well, reading legacies really represents a, a part of a, a bigger vision that I have been pursuing for many, many years, actually starting in the classroom, a third grade teacher and many years ago, and observing the differences between children who had been read to in the home in the early years and those who had not. Mm. Very different in terms of their confidence in reading, their confidence in schoolwork, their consequent behavior patterns, etc. And I really felt uh, burdened by it and decided that mm. I would leave the classroom and try to change the paradigm in our country to educate families and communities about the importance of those early five years. There's there's a lot of information now, but 30 years ago there was not. Mm. Uh, so we're now joining other efforts to educate and empower families to read with their children in the first five years of their lives and ongoing. Mm. It establishes a relationship, it gives you that valued, valuable communication time, and it instills in children the joy of reading. There's nothing more fundamental. So this long, long journey has, has been culminated uh, in the last 10 years here at Reading Legacies, my first 20 years of nonprofit management mm. were uh, focused on a variety of problems, all related to the lack of literacy for young children. 
Uh, and I focused then primarily and successfully on the military outreach mm. for children of deployed military parents. Mm. That became very, very successful. I decided it was time to create a succession plan and take some time off. And I, I did that and then realized the problem of children of incarcerated parents and low-income, struggling parents still needed to be resolved. So I came out of retirement and for 10 years have been working in those communities where there is a significant problem to address and how to empower others. So it's really about managing a company, which is really not, uh, originally was not my calling, but I, I have been a, a faithful student of Peter Drucker, the, the management professor that uh, teaches quality management, continuous quality management, and has served our organizations well. In fact, in 2006, I think it was, uh, we applied as a nonprofit, my, my earlier nonprofit, we applied for uh, an award for nonprofit innovation. Oh, wow. And out of 500 applicants nationally, we received the award for the, the quality of the uh, program we had created for military that it was mm. replicable, they felt. So we are using that model for the incarcerated family, bringing that using the visual image of reading stories to send books and whatever technology is current, whether it be started with VHS, mm -hmm. then DVD, now it's uh, the internet, uh, whatever way to bring that parent into the home and let the child engage in that relationship with a parent while they're gone. So that's primary focus now that, that we are engaged in. And um, it's been quite a journey. Mm -hmm. uh, you have you have a vision that motivates you. You have a mission that you work toward, and then all of the other uh, Drucker principles of knowing who your customers are, and what your processes are, and what your outcomes uh, should and could be. But you know there's there is a financial component to all of this, as uh, even as a nonprofit, even though the tax status is different, we do need to be excellent stewards to manage the money. We need to raise the money um, to, to accomplish our goals. And so all of that has been uh, a part of the part of the walk, part of the journey. I've learned a lot. I've, I've brought a lot of smart people around me to, to help accomplish these goals. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have over the years over, well, actually, Totally, with all of my work, I've benefited over probably two and a half million children and wow. family members with this wonderful experience of bonding and reading together. So there's a real, there's a success story in that in that statistic, uh, and along the way raised a lot of a lot of funds hmm. to accomplish that because it requires uh, staff to manage sure. these these uh, programs, it requires books and materials and, and all of that. So um, it's been it's been running a company, but for the purpose of benefiting our society, benefiting children, and ultimately all of us. Mm. Well, I think that's incredible. That was what, what was that? <laughs> I just think that that's an, an incredible story. I mean, you've come so far when you were a third grade teacher 
and you saw this as an opportunity that needed to be had because we even talk about that in our world. When was the last time anyone picked up a book after they went through school and let alone a financial book? We talked a little bit about the literacy even with finance, with money. Uh, Ways to Love Your Money is a money show and there has to be a component there for, for good literacy, good understanding about how uh, money makes the world go round, but how does it make the world go round for each individual? Even you had mentioned it starts with the child. Definitely. I think, yes, I think money, you have to, in the early years, a, a part of the responsibility, of course, of families is to, is to teach how to value money, how to work for your, mm-hmm. for your uh, allowance or your mm-hmm. whatever it is that, that brings you the resources. So I think uh, along with that, and, and within our program models, we, we believe that by teaching and empowering mm-hmm. others to volunteer and commit their time to others, mm-hmm. there's a responsibility that transfers itself across the board uh, into other areas. One of the things that, I, that we are hoping to do, because we work with a population in our program for incarcerated parents, okay. a population that often does not have financial skills, does not have financial stability. Mm -hmm. And so because we are interested in the broader benefit to all that we touch, all that we benefit, we are working in conversations in the early stages with um, Union Bank, our Mm -hmm. own bank, as to how we can segue by providing information to these these inmates, these people that will be coming out, that will be re-entering society, how to educate and empower them to, in, in addition to meeting with their children and being that leader in the family, how to have financial stability as well. Uh, that's something that we're, we're um, piloting the concept at this point. Betty, would you like to elaborate a little bit on that program, uh, this pilot program that you're going to do with Union Bank a little bit? The, the, the pilot of it really is still in conversations. We think that what we will do is there will be an online uh, uh, app mm-hmm. that we can refer in our in our overview videos, which mm-hmm. we provide now. We're working virtually. Mm-hmm. We've reinvented ourselves as has everyone else mm-hmm. during during this COVID right. time, mm-hmm. and so we are we are providing messages to the incarcerated individuals. At this point, uh, the the pilot is is one one of the state correctional facilities. Okay. And we are piloting this with 50 men who are parents, mm-hmm. where on that overview video, we have a motivational speaker, um, a very famous person, happens to be on our board as well, Mike, Mike Keynes, who is an NFL Hall of Famer and one of the all-time 100 football players uh, of, of fame. He's, he's an amazing man. And then he's interviewing a mm-hmm. former incarcerated parent who mm-hmm. has been a part of our program and found that by reading to his children from jail mm-hmm. on our video recordings and sending the books and videos home changed the relationship with his wow. children. Wow. It instilled the joy of reading his kids. He continues to do it now that he's he's at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so on that on that motivational video, inviting these men to pick up a book which we provide inside the facility to read 
over the phone at this point. Mm. We are not able to go inside to record them. Okay. But we feel this will be a, a very motivational step for them so that we're ready to go in when, when, when all of this is lifted. And uh, then the video will include some recommendation to, to uh, access the app on financial literacy. It is yet, it's still under design, uh, but, but we're excited to offer additional resources to these individuals, whether it be financial, whether it be remedial reading, whether it be counseling. There are so many needs in these families. Our mm -hmm. focus is on the child, but the children need healthy parents. They need parents that understand the, um, the importance of that very fundamental time spent reading and communicating while also being able to offer them financial literacy and other, other um, benefits. So that, that's the tentative plan, and we, um, we're excited about it. We feel that there's something really unique about that, mm -hmm. that, that will, and again, the, the outcomes will be the proof in the pudding. Mm -hmm. So we will, be, uh, we will be evaluating and surveying those that participated to see what kind of benefit. Well, you're changing people's lives. Absolutely. We really are. It's an incredible experience. It truly is. And, you know, the bottom line in companies, for-profit companies, I, I can't speak knowledgeably to that, but I would assume the bottom line is more heavily focused on the financial side than otherwise. But in nonprofit, the bottom line, yes, we need to have a healthy uh, bank account, healthy funding, healthy support. Mm -hmm. But the bottom line is, are these lives actually being changed? Are they being improved? Are these families changing their habits? Are they taking five minutes a day to read to their kids rather than being mm -hmm. on some kind of technology uh, app, you know, 24-7? Sure. We have to retrain ourselves to be engaged with our children in personal eyeball-to-eyeball -eyeball relationships. Absolutely. It establishes great communication. So, Yes, financial literacy is a part of that bigger picture. So. That's great. Well, I even saw on your website that you even incorporate the grandparent in reading, in some of the reading programs. We're working with the senior population, the, grow, the largest growing segment of our population mm -hmm. today, who have valuable, valuable experiences and lessons mm -hmm. to share with young people. And yet, mm -hmm. that communication, intergenerational communication, is not not something that many young people have. Mm. And so our focus on the youth, which mm. is really children and youth, is our focus. The, the youth are volunteers reading stories now, mm -hmm. virtually, because we can't get inside, reading stories on, um, on video, mm -hmm. a video uh, recording on the internet, to um, give these seniors experiences hearing the old classic children's stories, then mm -hmm. we make those available inside mm -hmm. so they can pick that up and read on the phone or Skype or whatever's available inside these retirement centers where they have no personal interaction with their families these days. Mm -hmm. So that becomes a way to empower those seniors to share their story and their family history, the memories. Mm -hmm. Uh, throughout the storyline, because kids are not going to necessarily seek out a grandparent to say, "Hey, what do you, you know, what was, what was it like when you were 10? Mm. That's not what kids do. But in a story, mm -hmm. you can put a few lines in there about, "I remember when I was little that this was really, you know, kind of a 
I, I don't, you know, it wasn't something that we did or, or however you want to develop from the storyline, use the story to share your own history. And that's how the senior program is being, um, we feel, fulfilling our mission, which is to facilitate supportive relationships for children through family and friends reading aloud with them. We believe strongly that reading aloud is the time that you really communicate your care, you communicate who you are, your values, all that good stuff. I'm going to rewind just a moment because you had mentioned something where you came out of retirement to come into this. Now, have you, have you um, and you've committed your life to this, really. Um, and so now you're in a place where do you have a strong team that's supportive, that you do have that succession plan, you know, for your nonprofit so it can continue on into perpetuity? You know, I, I do have a strong team, and of course you can't do anything without that. Right. Uh, yes, I have. Really, I, this is not a job. Yes, it's, it's a big responsibility, but I, I tried retiring with good intention and, and with the goal to let my first organization grow within the military community. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, right now, if you look, the responsibility of nonprofit, if you look into society mm -hmm. and the issues that cause low literacy, mm. I'm not sure I can ever retire. Mm. But but this particular challenge right now we're working on, actually it's multifaceted with the, the, the incarcerated separation, the senior separation mm -hmm. in terms of distance and emotion, uh, and, and the responsibility of young people to, to know that they can make a difference, our community, volunteerism, and young people. Mm -hmm. uh, I, yes, long, long answer short is that the team that I have now is, is not large, but it's strong. And I have a very good board, and we are looking at a succession, succession plan. We do not have one in place yet. Mm. Succession planning is a, is a big mm -hmm. job. And Absolutely. I, I've been through it one time, mm. very, very methodically, and, and very successfully. Mm -hmm. And so I think, uh, you know, it, it's not an overnight process, mm -hmm. but we are definitely keeping that in our focus. And, and knowing that I will not be around here forever, but this mission needs to go on. Right. So, yes, definitely. And it, it, part of the plan. And an incredible mission you have. You know, this is, this is amazing because there even, you, I think you mentioned when we first were talking about um, the, the child in its first five years is the most important for them to actually have that connection and, and really just kind of absorb whether it's a personal experience from a grandparent, a parent, or a parent that's afar, military or incarcerated, um, or just that connection to really, really start to understand the meaning of words and relationship to story and, and that connection that, gosh, you know, this is a memory maker. I'm going to remember this for the rest of my life. That's amazing. Yeah. So, so the, the human development of a, you know, one to five-year-old is, is probably something where I think you've probably done a lot of study on that. That was many years ago, and subsequent to that, many additional studies mm -hmm. that, that reinforce the and, and really astounding studies on the importance of the first five years, the development of the brain, mm -hmm. the use of language, the communication, the number of words that a child hears by the age of three is actually developing the potential of the brain for future learning. Wow. Uh, it's, it's really incredible, and yet I think there's so much 
distraction to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that being a part of family life, that it really is um, something that probably will will take a long, long time to truly change the paradigm. Mm-hmm. But our our focus is on empowering others, not making it happen ourselves. So we work in a variety of different with a variety of different agencies throughout the county, schools, Head Starts, libraries, correctional facilities, mm-hmm. uh, and now retirement centers, educating and empowering others to make this very simple mm-hmm. experience happen consistently. Children love ritual. Yeah. So if there's even five minutes a day, mm-hmm. uh, that is a strong message, not mm-hmm. only emotionally, but, but educationally. The words that they're hearing, the, the, the understanding that books are, are really a safe safe place to be. You don't have to be a good reader. It's really about sharing the fun of a storyline and the picture, the illustrations, etc. You know, in, in the correctional system, the literacy rate is... The, the statistics are that the, that the reading level is lower than in the general society, but I don't, true illiteracy, I have not experienced inside the jails, and we go inside. I've been inside jails here in San Diego County um, many, many, many years, and it's one of the most rewarding experiences I have ever had, and I've been on every ship in the Navy, too, uh, and that's, that's rewarding, but there's something about the gratitude of an incarcerated individual when you come inside to help them help the kids. It's truly powerful and very unique uh, and very challenging. Mm. So mm. that's one of the challenges I think with this organization, with the Breeding Legacies, since we are serving a population that does have a bit of a stigma, mm-hmm. uh, you know, attached with the fact that people that are incarcerated have done a wrong mm-hmm. and they're serving time, that but that, to me, is not uh, a punishment that the children need to, to uh, endure. And most of these individuals, a high percentage of them are coming out. Mm. A high percentage of them need encouragement. They need ways to get back into the cycle in their families and society. So uh, something as simple as this can be a foundation for many, many good things to happen. And we are observing that many times over with our families. In fact, one, one sweet story that I love is a, a, a woman, an incarcerated mother, who said that the video, and that was when it was a VH, no, it was a DVD. She, they, the family received the DVDs, and every Friday night, they would all gather at the grandmother's house for movie mm. night. Oh. When they would listen to the story of from jail from this mom who loved her son, mm-hmm. her son, the family was gathered. So really, you know, the power of that is way more than one child. Mm. There are cousins, there are right. you know, all sorts of people in that room. So the, the investment of a dollar, ten dollars, whatever, into our organization's programs is really an investment that grows and grows. And mm-hmm. that that is something I think is, is hopefully a message that we can strengthen as we go forward because it, you know, we really are serving a population that most people aren't interested in, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we all benefit from this. This is something that financially, speaking of finances, that 
you know, we're paying astounding amounts of money to keep people in in these facilities. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, which rightfully so, they have to be cared for. But it's it's a it's very expensive. Mm -hmm. So a small investment and turnaround in their lives, even if we're not the panacea. <laughs> but we are a very strong foundation mm -hmm. for this recovery. That, that's incredible. I think we could probably talk all day long. Yeah, I think we could have an amazing, you know, just I, I lengthy. Yes, I, I can tell. I mean, your passion absolutely comes out. Um, in closing, how can people find out more about reading legacies? How, um, do you have any suggestions for them? If they want to be more involved, either either a contributor or a donor, or they actually want this as a resource for their own family. Absolutely, we do have a website that we um, are are proud of and continue to be working on. It's it's the, on on the web at readinglegacies.org, and uh, please contact us via uh, email info at readinglegacies.org. Org or Betty at readinglegacies.org, and or the uh, there's an office phone. My I believe my cell phone is on there. I'm I'm a 24/7 worker because I love it, and um, I feel that this is really fundamental to the mm -hmm. success of our of our uh, entire society. Starting with the fundamentals, empowering young people, engaging them in family and literacy. And, uh, and being responsible in their finances as well. Hopefully that will be an add-on. But I think generally responsibility in the community mm. has an inherent value that you are also responsible for mm -hmm. the finances of, of the, the community as well uh, without necessarily speaking to it. Uh, perhaps not. I, you know, mm -hmm. maybe a stretch, but I do think there are some fundamentals. <laughs> Well, Miss Betty, I hope that you will come back on the show. It's been an incredible opportunity to have uh, Betty from Reading Legacies. What an amazing, amazing person. And gosh, we can all give back and we can do something to improve our community even more. Uh, Betty is truly the legacy of this it's itself. No pun intended, but she is truly a legacy in her own right. If you have questions, please listen to where we can actually get you in touch with Betty if you want to get involved and or if you need those resources. Again, thank you so much, Betty, for being on the show. It's been a pleasure. I hope you come back. It's amazing. I love your story. Thank you, dear. You're I welcome. Yes, great. Thank you so much. Yes. Welcome back to Ways to Love Your Money. I'm Elizabeth Dawson. Again, wasn't Betty amazing? Gosh, what a passion to do what she does. You know, reading literacy is so important, so powerful, but it's in so many different areas. Now, she's in the San Diego community, but I am sure she can reach further than the San Diego community. So if you have any questions for her, please, 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 if you didn't get her information, send it to us at questions with an S at Elizabeth with an S, Dawson.com. We'll make sure we get that to her. Now, every week, we always ask for questions. Each and every week, we get, you know, so many questions that people want to hear. So we thought we'd pull out a question for you today. And that question is, should I use extra cash to pay down debt or contribute towards retirement? Well, that's a big question and actually has some great answers to it, but it's different for each and every person. So 
what kind of debt are we talking about? Sometimes people want to pay down their mortgage faster, or is it truly credit card debt, student loans, things of that nature? So consumer debt would be the place that I would start. One of the things that I talk about here when it comes to consumer debt is that we need to stop having a relationship with credit cards. Credit cards get people into trouble because there's a daily amortized interest that keeps adding to your balance even if you're trying to pay more per month. So here's a strategy for you, and it's not that I don't want you to put more into your retirement account yet, I want you to pay off that debt first so you can actually load up in your retirement account after. So uh, let's say you have a balance of $5,000 on a credit card, oh my goodness, and your payment each month is $150, but you're thinking about putting $600 per month on that card, you know, to pay it down. Here's the piece that you have to remember, if you keep using the credit card, this will never work. If you make a commitment to not to use the credit card and you want to pay $600 towards that credit card bill, here's a suggestion that I have for you. If you're normally used to paying $150, what if you put $450 in a special account? Now, if you kind of go back to our book, you know, Wealth by Design here, it's in Chapter 5 and it talks about what a wealth recovery account is. So what if you could put that $450 difference of what you would have paid to that $600 a month payment to your credit card to pay it off sooner, what if you put that $450 in that special account that I'm talking about? And you did that every single month until you had enough money to write a check to pay off the whole credit card in full. It's amazing how it works. So 450 over so many months, that could actually equate in maybe a year or less that you could actually pay off that credit card. You have to be committed. Now's the time to find more money that you can put in the wealth recovery account so you can actually do even more. So let's say the credit card now is paid off. Maybe it took you, I don't know, a year and a half to do it. Uh, it's because it's a new thing, it's a new discipline, right? Well, now that it's paid off, can you put that $600 fully into your retirement planning, your retirement account? Absolutely, you'll have much more bang for your buck. First thing you wanna do, it's the baby steps. Save money to pay off that debt, get out of that consumer debt crisis that you're living in, and then mix it up a little bit, start putting more money away for your retirement, or even for your emergency fund, or just that rainy day fund. These are the baby steps we need to start thinking about in life because of traditional planning or traditional spending were right for everyone, everyone would be rich and not have any debt, right? So think about this. I hope this was helpful. I hope the show was amazing for you to, you know, watch or listen, however you're, you know, seeing our, our uh, material, but it's amazing. And again, I just want to wrap this up by going back to our new website for the show, waystoloveyourmoney.com and check out all the episodes. Maybe you want to be a guest on the show. Send us an email. We'd love for you to give us feedback about what you think about the website, all the different material there, and then what you would like us to talk about. Again, hope that today was an amazing event for you to watch. I know it was a little bit longer than usual, but I think it was worth every minute. All right, everyone, take care, and we look forward to seeing you again soon. The information provided in this show is for informational and educational purposes only. This show is not investment advice, nor is it intended to address the financial needs of any particular viewer. The opinions expressed on this show are not intended to be an endorsement of any particular investment strategy or service of any other kind. You must make an independent decision regarding investments or strategies mentioned throughout the show. Before acting on information in this show, you should consider whether it is suitable for your particular situation and strongly consider seeking advice from a financial advisor.